Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas. dot com slash acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Okay, the word is out. They're gonna talk about. Silver screen. Kevin and Tom and Joe know all there is to know. From masterpieces to deep fried tacos. And if the movie sucks, you might hear them say, There's no telling where the guys will take you. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice, cause we're already warned you. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 609, The Devil All the Time, and by devil, of course, we mean bleak and depressing movie that makes you want to shoot yourself in the face. Guess what? All the time. It happens a lot in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is a lot of face shooting in the movie, isn't there? I know. So uh, before we uh, dig in too much, let's uh, go around the virtual table and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Uh, quick shameless plugs. Don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us while you're there. Uh, be sure and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And, of course, uh, find us on the Facebook, facebook.com slash real spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group, which is called the League of Show Sharers. This week it's misnamed because uh, I forgot to collect all the names until I sat down, <laughs> and so I don't have them to read. But we will get you all next week. Sorry about that. Uh, next week will just be a double. So We'll sorry. have to do two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of course... Uh, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoilers, where for five bucks a month you get all sorts of bonus content and you help out, and we greatly appreciate that. So uh, there, there's all that. Let's, uh, I guess let's dig in. Like, I guess I should start by saying I liked this movie. I oh, agree. Good. I really liked this movie. Yeah, it, it's a good movie. It's it's like Requiem for a Dream. It's a right. good movie I'm never going to watch again. <laughs> yeah, it's like totally. a, it's like a mix of like Requiem and uh, a place be- a place between the pines. Well, yeah, a place beyond the pines. Beyond yeah, the pines. I, I love a place beyond the pines, and this this one definitely evoked those emotions because of the father son connection, the kind of changing stories between the characters, and I mean that's the thing. Like it worried me when you said that at first, Tom, because sometimes people can't 
and obviously we watch a lot of movies, right. so it's not the same. But some people just they can't deal with a depressing movie. And yeah. I was just I was going to say not all movies have to be happy. And but I and and you're right. And I think that will be a lot of people's reaction to this movie. And and it's not just that this movie has sad things that happen in it. It is a <laughs> it is a bleak movie. Like there, I mean, just. No, there are virtually no good people in this movie. Ah, and, see, okay, I disagree. And almost every character is. Well, I mean, they're they're also the victims of their of the of circumstance in terms yes. of like the, yes. the 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 world in which they grew up, and they're, they're, there's only so many tools they have to move forward, right? right. But the characters right, right. you might root for are also like vigilantes, right? Taking justice into their own hands. So yeah. it's like you can't. That's not the answer. Isn't necessarily violence to combat violence. You know, that's it's the question that right. this film yeah. brings up. Who is? I, I, well, so, you especially shouldn't be thinking that, yeah, Joe. I don't, I don't think that, but I do think from a job that, security standpoint. <laughs> no, right, right, right. I do think there is something that has been lost uh, in in the in the world today, where people think it's okay to say whatever they want and treat people however they want, and there's no repercussions. Yeah, right. So, like, when I was growing up, if you say something about me or my family, like, we're going to get into a fight, and then it's over. Right, like, that's... But that's not, that's not the way it is anymore, No, right? that's the respectable that's the respectable part of that character, and we'll get into yes. it. But yes. what you're saying, I totally get it. Like, people run their mouth way too much because there's no consequences to it. Right. Yeah. Right? That's just a th- problem with society. Everyone's hiding behind their keyboard. If you said that stuff in person, you get punched in the face. That's just right. how it is. That's how it's always been. But also, been. there was, a, there was a, an idea where... You you said that, and you would expect a punch in the face, and then that would be the end of it. But today, if I were to do that and punch somebody in the face outside of my job, uh, <laughs> I get sued. Well, right, right? totally. Like, now it's, you it's can't. A, it's, yeah. You can't do that anymore, right? And I think that's a that's something that is sorely missing in today's. <laughs> <laughs> is not getting sued for punching. I get what you're saying. saying I think dumb. we're not condoning it, but yeah. what we're saying is that, like I said before, everyone runs their mouth because there's no consequences. Right. And if there were consequences, they'd be the one. It's like a it's like a criminal breaking into a house and falling on a knife and then suing and then the homeowner. Suing, yeah, right. It's it's that kind of thing. Where <laughs> what the, did that? What movie is that from? That's liar, 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 liar. That's right? exactly like, what it yeah. is. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so it's the pro the problem is that when when there are consequences, the right people aren't even the ones that pay for them. People are so protected. People are so sensitive. I mean, we could go on and on about it, but this movie takes place in an older time. Yes. Things were different. And again, we're not condoning violence or that kind of thing, but there, it was a simpler time where it was like, yeah, if you run your mouth, you're going to answer for that. This town too of knock em stiff is so far removed from the world, right? Like, sure. I mean, yep, yep, yep. Like I mean, they said, like, I think like four hundred people live there. Yeah, and he goes on and on about how far away whatever the the quote unquote big town is from kind of you have to drive ten hours to get to it, and then from from there, if you drive like another hour, that's knock them stiff. And so, like, mm-hmm. it's also it creates. Uh, it's interesting in narratives how this can work. That like ultimately by making the stakes so small. You make them bigger, right? Because yeah. because even though it's this little tiny town that doesn't really affect anybody except the people in this town, for these characters, that is the entirety of the world. And there's mm-hmm. there's just so anything that happens is the most important thing because like the idea of even leaving this town is an alien concept to them. 
Sure. So let's talk about Willard and how he got to this town. So Willard played by Bill Skarsgård. So, okay, that was my question is, do we want to tackle this? Like the narrative, it, like it the, loops like the back around movie, on it. Or do we want to like bounce from person to person and like finish the finish? finish Bill Skarsgård's story and then move on to the next I mean guy. they all tie in I don't I mean so I feel I like would... we should just go like through the narrative I yeah, think that's I... through the actual I think that's probably way the easiest the way we should say if, uh, if someone's watching this without having seen it the, the 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 story bounces back and forth in time and throughout it's kind of like uh like pulp, pulp fiction Fictiony. in that regard yeah. yeah um I'm not I don't feel like the movie is like pulp fiction itself except for the violence but um but right. uh but the way the narrative is structured is you see one person's story and then you kind of back up and you see this play out again from another character's perspective and what's going on in their world simultaneously. So Right. So so the movie does it's, I think it starts with Tom Holland uh receiving a gun for his birthday and his uh grandfather kind of says like this was your father's gun and Tom Holland doesn't really want the gun <laughs> but he's respectful and he's like you know this is the best present I've ever gotten. Uh, and then we have a narrator who kind of brings us back to introducing Bill Skarsgård, who, by the way, when they bring the Joker into Matt Reeves' Batman, like, that's mm-hmm. your Joker. So what's cool is that the narrator is Donald Ray Pollock, who is the author of the book. Ah. Yeah. The novel this was adapted from, I think it came out in 2011, uh, this author is from Stiff, And so when they were finding and I did an interview that was actually on the podcast feed a few weeks ago. And, um, the, the director Antonio Campos said that they were looking to cast the narrator and it's like who else, but this guy who has the voice and who has the experience. And so not often do you have a book's author come in and be a part of the film in that regard, other than cameos like Stephen King might do. And so I, a Christmas story. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah, that's a very good one. But it's rare. But I did, that's the first yeah. one that came to mind was A Christmas Story. Hey, I said not often, not not yeah. every time. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, so he's the narrator of the film. But when they back up and, and we get into the story of how the dad got there, played by Bill Skarsgård, um, you know, they show that he was in World War II. This is... Um, this is a post World War II story, and and talking about how this character in particular is coming home from the war and trying to settle back into his small town. And he's kind of messed up, definitely. Like he's, like, this, a, like a lot of people were. Well, he saw one of his saw fellow soldiers crucified, yeah. right? And you know, he's still alive, so they had <laughs> yes. to kill him. Yeah. And you know, it's it's funny. I think for a lot of listeners, this world seems long ago, and uh, the 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 main character of of uh arvin or i mean it's hard to really pick a main character but the guy that comes back from the war willard bill skarsgård yeah willard Willard. yeah Yeah. willard the guy that comes back from the war so he has a kid and the kid arvin would basically be almost the exact same age as my dad oh yeah he'd be the same age as my dad yeah so it's it's not that long ago it's not that long ago and the people that you know that grew up in this wait 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 no he'd be the same age as my dad like my dad went to Vietnam. I guess my dad would maybe my dad would have been a little bit older, but I mean, yeah. I, but I have aunts and uncles that are the that are the sure, same sure, age because sure. yes. you know. Um, uh, but the point is that you're you're one generation before the people talking on this podcast, right? 
it's we're in this position like the, we're the the main story when it flashes back forward arvin the tom holland character he you know he's the son of this guy that was in world war ii so it's not that long ago even though it seems long but we talk about things like we're closer we're further away <laughs> from the 90s than that 70s show was in the 90s. Right. So the way that time moves and the way that you think about it and process it is very strange how it seems like, oh, well, I, the 90s wasn't that long ago. But you it know, was. Yeah. It's... <laughs> when I've got kids at my at my place of employment who whose birthday is are they're leaving the 90s like their birthday is not in the 90s anymore oh my gosh it's like i looked at an idea i was like oh god dang it right because it's like 2020 so if you were 18 19 right getting a job you're born right. in 2001 yeah like that's yeah so like anyway like but, freshman in college right yeah, like so that's yeah put it in perspective so he comes home from the war and he's messed up and on the way he stops at a diner and i really like how they set everything up because in a pulp fiction way and i think that's very much tom was alluding to the reason why the most pulp fiction thing other than the violence is the fact that you see some of the characters and because they are in this small town and small area you run into some of the same people and it's going to set up the story and you're going to plant people to where i will say to back up this movie has a lot of characters but i feel like they're handled very well to where it doesn't get really confusing and i think they do that by setting things up like you see jason clark and you're not going to just see jason clark in a diner and be like oh that was a nice cameo you see them both right you see jason clark and riley keogh well sure sure yeah they're both there of course so but you're not going to characters yeah and this cast is stacked we didn't read the names i did in my interview and it was like 15 people starring in this movie (laughs) but uh the cast is stacked and so when you see actors that you know you expect them to come back so it's nice that they kind of introduce them and i also think on a second watch it's neat when you go back through and you kind of know who is going to be doing what it's just neat because when i first watched the movie is cool as that was to see these people i'm like well i don't know how this is all going to come into play so you know it's a little more confusing at first but i like that they at least set things up um but this is where willard meets his future wife charlotte and his family is religious so she wants him to marry a girl from church which that's (laughs) mia vajikoska easy for you to say should i know who that is oh she was in um wasn't she in that uh is it Guillermo del Toro? What was that uh, creepy haunted castle? Crimson Peak? Crimson Peak. She's the oh, girl okay. in that, I believe. Okay, okay. Uh, but she's been in lots of things, but you probably know her from that. The mom, Willard's mom, wants him to marry her, this girl from church. Who's, well, I feel and, like we should step back a little bit and just say that like Bill Skarsgård and, and uh, Jason Clark kind of cross paths. And it's it just like a, 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 tempting, a tempting of the of fate, right? Where... Uh, Jason Clark was going to sit in this one spot and just because he kind of gives the spot up to uh, Bill Skarsgård like that's how he meets Charlotte and that's how Jason J- Jason Isaac uh, Jason Clark meets uh, his future oh good call because so, so he gets so he gets another waitress who ends right. up being the woman he would marry so both these men met their future wives or partners whatever I think wives uh, or I think they're both married but both of them meet them at this diner and right. you're right the seat switching tempts the fate so I feel like it also does a good job of setting up like if they didn't structure it that way the way the movie concludes would just feel like a massive coincidence Correct. that just gets tacked on for no reason and so but it's a nice little it, yeah so it's like they they do a good job of of removing the feeling of like this is just 
random happenstance, and I, I don't believe it, especially because they even set up about how, you know, from the very beginning, how this town's so small that everybody's paths are constantly interconnecting right. in mm-hmm. ways that they, they can't even imagine, and how they're all blood how they're all basically all related whether they know it or not because it's such <laughs> yeah. a small town. Right. So Skarsgård goes to church with his mom and they introduce him to the girl. But while this is happening, the pastor of this church uh, introduces a, a new, uh, not really, I guess not a guest speaker, yeah. basically. Uh, He's like a traveling preacher. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he, and he's doing the whole revival thing. Do you right, know? Do like, you recognize him? I do, but I he don't was in know. Our la- one of our last Netflix movies. Well, he's the cousin from Harry Potter, but he was the bad guy in that uh, uh-huh. Charlize Theron. That's right. You're right. Oh yeah. man, that was bad. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, the old guard. I, he's 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 yeah. like the he's the the not pharmaceutical Martin guy. Yeah, not yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, so he's you know he's doing the whole revival thing, and uh, he ends up going on this. The, the most terrifying part of the entire movie for me is when he decides like he's you know he says that uh he was scared of spiders his entire life and because he found the lord he's not scared anymore and he takes this like jar this mason jar full of spiders and dumps it on his face and i was like i'm gonna go cower in a corner right now because that <laughs> is horrifying so did you recognize the other guy like the no that he's a, a local musician from st louis named pokey lafarge Oh, oh, really? That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. pretty awesome. So there's uh, a St. Louis connection. And this was uh, a fairly common thing back then, just the idea of traveling preachers and just yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. revival like circuit. The, the, like the pop-ups. Yeah, and then also the idea of like, I mean, really these guys are basically a sideshow under the guise of... Yeah, the con artists. ...of religion, right? And But they're, they're true believers, but it's really, they're you know, like they're not just... You know, they're not just taking advantage of that, but like, but I think it also shows you how small not only this world is, but the world was in general at this point, right? Like that, that people went to church as much for entertainment as for religion. Like that's all you had. And so Mm. that's why it was, it was just so important is because there was, there, there really wasn't much else. You worked, you went to church. Like, hey, Mary, that guy's going to pour spiders (laughs) on his face again. Yeah, like that. Let's go see if he gets bit. Totally. And And that's, I mean, if you look at early, early music when when radio first started it was originally they were you know some of the most popular programs were either church based or gospel music early country mm. music which took over the radio was uh you know was just a, a, a step removed from from gospel music of the day like it's i mean that's what you had sure the director has made an interesting point this movie revolves in the book that it's based on it follows a similar storyline they did change things but there are a lot of similarities and the story all revolves around religion but the movie itself isn't anti-religious he's making no, no, a commentary not. on what well not that you're saying it is but the but this, this movie if you hear us talking about religion it's not an anti-religion movie it's what do people do in power with religion what what happens with religion when it's in the wrong hands so or we're gonna- like what somebody who has nothing left does with it yeah right like when we get to bill Skarsgård, yeah. he has but he has will, nothing left i will also say like i i didn't walk away thinking that this movie is anti-religion but it's also 
a very it's not pro religion. It's easy. It's an easy place to land because there really isn't. Is there anything positive that happens in relation to religion in this movie? I can't think of it. There is. There is a little. I mean, it's very brief, but you can definitely tell that there is a positive relationship between um, the sister and the original preacher. There is okay. like a, 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 but it's. I mean, that guy's in the movie for three minutes right and then we're introduced to to robert pattinson like that's that guy's barely in it but yes tom you are correct is anybody who is in a position of power in religion in this movie really any power that's true that's very yeah. true yeah uh <laughs> does not use that power to the best of their advantage yeah <laughs> it's not so yeah so well, they use it to the best of their advantage. They don't to, use it to the best to of their anyone. advantage. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> they right, don't use right. it to the best of anyone else's. So, uh, Bill Skarsgård finally decides. You know, he, he's telling his mom about this girl that he met, uh, who's another actress that I recognize from other stuff, but yeah, I couldn't tell you what from. Um, but she's like, "What's her name?" And he was like, "Damn it, I did <laughs> not get her name." Luckily, so, it's a town of six people. Yeah, right. So, so we can go right back. And yeah, you can out. just start marrying them one by one, and you'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which Which one are you talking about? Are you talking about the one that he's Charlotte is the one that he's going to Char- Haley Bennett. That's Harry, Haley Bennett. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So he goes back to the diner and sits down, and they have a, another little mute cute, and that they cut back about uh, another year, and they're moving in together, and they've got this little baby, and. Life seems okay, right? Like he's writing to his mom. They're they're sacking money away. Things are all right. And Helen, the girl from church uh, that the mom wanted him to marry, she right. ends up falling in love with that traveling preacher and marries him. Uh, well, yep, that's the thing that happens in that movie. <laughs> so, and in Bill Skarsgård's world, everything is smooth, going well. And initially, you don't really know what the tone of this movie is going to be. And then uh, Haley Bennett, Charlotte, ends up getting cancer. Uh, and now we're off to the races with the, the 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 gloom that is this movie for the most part. Um, Skarsgård doesn't know what to do, right? Like, the, his, I will say, uh, the his son, who we'll, we'll find out will be Tom Holland, uh, keeps getting into fights because he's kind of sticking up for people, right? Like, there was some kid getting picked on in school and and this the son picked a not picked a fight but went to stop it and got his ass kicked and i do like where the dad's like don't just pick your spot right like so they earlier in the movie there's a scene where these three townies are kind of uh being gross to charlotte like they're saying inappropriate things in front of the son and bill skarsgård and skarsgård is if you haven't seen everybody's seen it right like that's but go watch him in Castle Rock, and it's even more haunt. He's he's haunting. Like he is a haunting. I don't know where the the charisma ended up, like in that family or the looks, because you've got one that looks like Tarzan. Well, he was Tarzan. Then you've got the old man. Then you've got this kid. It's just like where what's where whose DNA is floating around in this Skarsgård gene pool? <laughs> They're all good actors. They're all very good actors. That's for sure. Uh, maybe not the good-looking one. <laughs> He's been in a lot of stuff. I mean, True Blood. Yeah. All right. Uh, so he he ends up like picking his spot, and he beats the bejesus 
out of all three of these guys. Well, they drive by and they're all at a diner or a gas station or something, right? And he's like, yeah. hey, watch this. And he teaches them a lesson. <laughs> he's like, I don't even think he's like as much like watch this as much as he's like, you just stay in the car. Well, I'm pretty sure he's like, watch but I do he's agree, teaching, like, him, teaching that. him a lesson. He's basically like, I didn't do anything when I heard them talking like that in the woods because it wasn't the right time. The, right. And so you, you, you can get, you can in, in exact your vengeance, but you can also wait and do it at the time that will benefit you the most, which obviously this kid learns. We see later, mm-hmm. yes, but, we do. um, but but I guess that's where I was when you were talking about the idea of like you know oh in the old time you could punch a guy in the face this is but this is way more than punching a guy in the this face is, this is way more than punching like, him in the face like, I agree I mean this isn't just like I taught you a lesson you so and so like this is <laughs> I mean he like beats the I holy caved your face crap in. I, I I like he's they're lucky they lived through that beating yes they probably didn't mess with them again well I'm sure but like but but there's also there's like, also a different level of like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was a, a different time too, though. Yeah, in in growing up, in personal matters. Yes, in personal matters, the rule of thumb for me was always once they were down, that was it. Yeah, sure, and, right. But like, I get what you're saying about like it was a different time. But like, I I mean that he no took, he, he goes over he took it too far. Like he yes. you know like those guys definitely you you don't feel bad about the ass beating, but like that was a bridge too far. Like he that's kind of that's kind of how I feel about. Everybody that gets their comeuppance in this movie, right, is I never feel like, oh man, you know, like there's no everybody that gets their comeuppance deserves right what they get, except for maybe the sister. But I think that's also the point of the film too, though, is you have to you have to choose. Are there really any good guys? This is what we talked about in the beginning of the movie because the people exacting their vengeance, their vigilante justice, are mm-hmm. supposedly the good guys or the best characters in the film, the, but they're also doing things that are crimes, essentially. Sure. Yeah. And sure. so this is also a movie, too, and so that's why I'm I'm trying to somehow justify it with, well, it was a different time and all that, but at the end of the day, it's a movie, and they're trying to make a point. Movies are I'm dramatized for many reasons, and so I think t- that to to, ham- to hammer the point home, they certainly do by the extent to which these people go. But I don't think it's coincidence either that you're questioning, like, well, is that a little bit? Is that a bridge <laughs> too far? Should they? Because that is what this is evoking. Like, who who's in the right here? Right? They're both wrong. It's not like, oh, they made fun of me, so you're allowed to slam a car hood on their head. <laughs> it, it, there's no, you're not yeah. good for doing yeah. that. And I will also <laughs> say the way this the way this story is structured, like. You know, there's key characters that you follow like so like with Willard's character when we when you know the we're about to get there. But when the mother when the mother dies and he does something awful. But if you didn't know his backstory, you'd be like, sure, you'd be like, F this dude, because, you know, the backstory, you have sympathy for him. And the but and but that's but that's also kind of the thing. So those guys that are saying awful things about his his wife in the woods that he then turns around and beats the crap out of well maybe if we knew their backstory we'd have more sympathy for them, for them you know I, y- maybe yeah. i mean it's it's kind of it's just a, i can only reference i just i just rewatched it mm-hmm. part you know halloween so the is it the it's henry or is it harry henry bowles who's the bully who's the who's the bully that like cuts the cuts his name into the i don't remember i Either way, that family, like that, that the set of bullies, mm-hmm. like in the book at least, they give you a lot of backstory on that character, and so a you, lot. you kind of you feel bad 
for that character, not what he does to the, but, to the but losers. Club. It's coming from a place that you understand. Like even if Correct. it's still, he can't do that, and there needs to be consequences. But but you right. you understand. And if it's God, I read that book when I was like in college. But uh, if memory serves, wasn't that character he was gay and didn't know how mm-hmm. to deal? They beat it out of him. Yeah, like that's well, they didn't beat it out of him, but they beat him up to suppress it. I guess right. So anyway, so yeah, so uh, Charlotte, the mom, gets cancer and in this time there's really nothing you can do about it like chemo was not an option for this family so they just kind of had to let it uh eat away at her so so he tries to use religion yeah he starts praying like and he says it to his mom and it makes his mom feel all welled up inside where he says i'm you know i'm getting back into the church or whatever uh and he's bill skarsgård is crushed because no matter how hard he's praying like it's just not going to do anything uh and unfortunately charlotte passes away and it's it's but he starts but he takes it further though his prayers don't work and so he he tries to do he sacrifices a dog he he sacrifices arvin's dog not just yeah, a right, dog but family the, dog but the kid's pet which yeah. i like at that point i was like oh okay like we have crossed the bridge into uh i don't want to say crazy town but no that's like, crazy town Okay, that's fair. He Thank crucified you. Okay. a dog. Like that's, <laughs> right. that's, that's thinking kind of it what would I thinking it would bring back his wife or save his wife from cancer. Like no, that's that's that, crazy. Oh, yeah, that that's yeah, that's what I think. What's interesting is the parallel play here, and we should say just to wrap this story, this part of the story up, is that when all else fails, the sacrifice, the praying, nothing works. Uh, Willard ends up killing himself at the yeah. gravesite, and Arvin finds his body. No, 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 because he killed him. No, he kills no, himself at the, at, like, at the, the altar, dogs, like the, the altar makeshift thing. altar. Okay, yeah, the okay, the yeah. the yeah, yeah. So he kills himself there and Arvin finds him and this is where we get our Commissioner Gordon moment. I know <laughs> Joe will appreciate that I did. parallel. I, I will where, say like I mean it's crazy when you look at this movie. It's like there's Spider-Man, there's Batman, there's the Winter Soldier. Winter, right. And Winter, <laughs> so Winter Soldier pulls a Commissioner Gordon and he so does, the yeah. the um I guess would he, he not goes be the to sh- like the He's, but he's, he's not the sheriff. He's a, no, not yet. He's like a deputy at this point, yeah. Played by Sebastian Stan ends up comforting the young arvin just like right. the young bruce wayne and commissioner gordon and so there's that connection and we'll see that playback later but the parallel i was getting to is so while this is going on meanwhile you've got the crazy pants traveling preacher who wants to prove the healing power of the lord and the and and all this religion stuff can i say that like they referenced that he got bit by a spider and like his head it blew up and I was like, I want to see that spider bite. Like, I want to see what happened to that. Because he's in a closet. Like, he won't come out of his closet. And I was like, what does he look like? But, of course, he comes out and he's completely normal. I, was like, I heard it. Tom Holland uh, almost wasn't able to make this movie because he has a contract <laughs> where he can't be in movies where other people no, get no spider bites. other spiders. Yeah. <laughs> it undermines the whole thing. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so, anyway, he's trying to prove that he can talk to God. And so he, he does a very similar type of resurrection type thing, you know, with a sacrifice. But he uses his wife. He's like, if I kill my wife and pray to the lord he'll bring her back which is just we all i mean watching this you're like okay <laughs> yeah uh, yeah that's insane <laughs> no, yeah, like his, that's, his that religion is, is really a psychosis like he's yes he's had a psychotic break there's something seriously wrong with mm. this guy from a mental health standpoint and he's he's wrapped it up in the guise of religion yeah right 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 right. so yeah so we should say that er- a little bit earlier we see a flashback to uh, the, the girl from the church, dro- while um, Bill Skarsgård's mom is reading the postcard, like dropping off their baby to this little girl to to the uh, the Skarsgårds. 
uh, and then we flash back to their story. So now we know that um, the older couple is going to be raising these two children who like have this weird, right? Like the mom uh, wanted Bill Skarsgård to get with this woman. And now, yeah, Tom, like, like there's a, there's a parallel weird. universe where these two would have been brother and sister. Absolutely. Yeah. And they do. They are technically right. Like they in do their end minds, up brother and sister. Just in their like, minds, yeah. they are brother and sister. Yeah. Cause they get right. They, yeah, they grow up in the same household because then they, then, then the grandparents bring in Arvin, but they already are just left with this baby that got abandoned there, which right. in my mind, they were never coming back for that baby, right? Like they mm, were just, gonna... I, I think she was going to, Oh really? Back. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, definitely. She, I didn't... just felt I like don't... they were, they were lighting out for the territories. I didn't think that, that they could were be ever going to come back. That's I, interesting. Yeah. I didn't take it that way, but I, I, I mean that poor wife, I mean, yeah. she just was like, thought she was going out for a stroll with her husband Bloop. and he's taking her out to do the resurrection trip. Yeah. So yeah. So they, so the flash forward and this is where we get the scene, uh, with the gun and, uh, the gun being given to Tom Holland. Like we've got Tom Holland as, uh, a 16, 17 year old. And it's, uh, here's what I, I was watching. It was very interesting as I was watching this mm-hmm. is back in the seventies and eighties, uh, I take that back. 50s, 60s, and 70s. When you were cast as a superhero, that was it. Your career was over. Yeah. Right? Like, Adam West should have worked more. As a, I think he's a very funny, comedic actor. Uh, Christopher Reeves should have gotten more roles. George Reeves should have gotten more roles. They didn't because they were typecast as Superman and Batman. I think there was also a lot less projects to work on back then right that's like, probably true where like now I feel like, it, I feel like you could have i feel like adam west could have gotten something i mean like that dude looked like a hot like a movie star though think about it like this there were three networks and there were like four movie studios that's and, fair and that was it and we're like now if you're a tom holland like if people are like you're spider-man and i can only ever see you as spider-man well then you can like he can be like oh you know what i'll go work on this netflix project for less money so i can right. prove that i can do other things and if and if he can't do it at netflix then i'll do it at hulu and if he can't do it at hulu then i'll do it at crackle and it, you know what i mean yeah. like it's like there's so many different places that you can go and there wasn't even really much of, of like independent cinema or art house cinema that would be. I mean, there were people out there in the trenches slugging away, John Cassavetti stuff like that. But like, right. but for the most part, it was it was more like the Studio. Cormans of the world, and there wasn't. And and even if you did it, nobody would see it. You know, and yeah, so that's true. so now I think those actors have a lot more options to to break out of that. And I think also because of what happened to care to actors like that, they're also a lot more cognizant of it. So like. You know, well, I think I'm, that stigma's gone. I think it's gone because actors have been more cognizant of it. Sure, and so, sure. Oh, look at Harry Potter. Yeah. Look so at, look at look at Frodo. I mean, they go out and do these projects yeah. right away. Like well, Tom Harry said. Potter. Harry Potter's got big old fu money. Daniel well, Radcliffe can do whatever he likes. Yeah, but Elijah Wood's got Lord of the Rings money. I'm yeah, totally, totally, totally. They, they, but, but they do these projects to prove, like they, they in between Lord of the Rings movies, in between right. Harry Potter movies, they're doing Equius and getting naked on stage, and they're they're doing things or to prove, like on hey, Broadway I'm, and how to succeed in business, right? Like they're well, that's what I'm saying. Equius on stage in London, you know? yeah. He, but I mean, he that, also did in between Harry did, Potter. Movies? He also did how to succeed in business. He did like a straight up you know old school musical to show that he could do it. Oh right. right. So it's like yeah, they're they're doing this stuff in between. Like whoa, 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 I'm not just this, and so to Tom's point, it's like they're keeping up with it. To like they've they've wisened up where yeah. you used to get typecast, and now it's like no, 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 keep it fresh. Do a like right. Pattinson. Look at Pattinson, good 
freaking lord since twilight pattinson has done like 20 insane indie art house movies like he is he that, that that's i mean that's a struggle for him right like he had to break out of, if he yeah. wanted to if he wanted to have a career outside of those movies he had to do something yeah. he made a concerted effort and brilliant the, here we are like, and the, but batman. the werewolf guy Where's he? Oh, oh right, yeah, nope. right, exactly. Yeah. All Taylor, he did, whatever his name is, the where Taylor Lautner. I think that's sure. it. Yeah, did he do a Hercules movie? He, I think he did. He did like a um, what did he, he try to do? Some action movie where he did some front flips because he's like an acrobat guy. Yeah, and he did maybe a Hercules thing or whatever. And Tom and Holland's so, like, I got this. But but these guys are out there doing independent stuff you know yeah. and Dan- daniel radcliffe's out there doing the stage stuff he's out there uh letting paul dano ride his dead corpse like a dolphin yeah. like do you, you think know, he's he- doing that though to like switch his cred or just to be like i want to do something that i want to do and yes. i can afford to do it i think yeah. both i think he yeah. can yeah that's fair you know i think he can he can afford to do it he can do what he wants to do and Elijah I, I th- woods in the same boat i think also with with movies like this even if they're not seen by people like Obviously, they're seen by people, not, not like <laughs> guinea pigs watch these movies. But but uh, but it, I feel like that sometimes if they're not seen by the by regular people, just the general public, because they're pretty small. A lot of times they're seen by industry people. You know what I mean? To say like, oh, this guy's got the goods, you know, sure. and so it, it, it works in that regard to where even if the movie isn't a big hit or or changes their image with the public, it helps them maybe get that next role because industry people will see it. At the end of the day, you have to remember, too, these are actors. And so, yeah, being rich and famous is great and money. But a lot of these people, I mean, acting is their passion. And out of all the actors, what, 0.01% become famous? <laughs> sure, so right, they right, want right. role. They want juicy roles. They want to be in good movies. And, and they, you know, and if you are in good movies and you give good performances, then you get your paycheck. So it all goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So after uh the, the the our preacher uh tries to bring his wife back he realizes that's not an option that's not going to happen so he kind of just starts walking down the road and he's picked up by a couple of hitchhikers and it turns out that it is Jason Clark from the diner and uh, Riley Keough Riley Keough thank you uh and you know they seem completely normal at first and then except like, they've they kinda... got this strange little thing that they alluded to in the diner yeah so i okay so i don't the the initial part where he's just like I'm gonna let you have sex with my wife and the preacher's like what like yeah he's like how about I'm no. just gonna take pictures of it and he's like no you're gonna and then of course he pulls a gun and now I'm just like well this is no longer fun for anybody so well, the Jason for- Clark character is an out of work photographer and I guess he was really bored and decided oh well, I'm gonna photograph people banging my wife and then I, murder no, them I think he's a serial killer I think yeah I think he's just uh, it's a fetish and he's a serial killer like I don't yeah you know like there's nothing he can do with those photos it would just link him back to missing people so <laughs> well no but he is an out of work photographer though. oh yeah I'm I mean he, he he certainly enjoys photography like uh, but, <laughs> but but I but I don't think he was like using these to sell the photos. I, I don't. No, think of course not. No, yeah. no, I just mean that like that's why he has his photography interests come from that is his career. But he's out of work. Yeah, and then he's just crazy. Yeah, it's just when your <laughs> hobbies merge. You know, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's always, like, it's, always oh, it's always a good time. Yeah, it's like you know, it's like oh, I like taking photos. I like other dudes banging my wife. <laughs> I you know, and I like killing people. Hey, you know what? Let's. 
let's throw that all into a, a pot plus and see a what a happens. Plus I, like, I like a murdering. Right. But he so they he calls he called them their subjects. Their victims were yes. their models. subjects. Their models. models. There you go. Because it was like she Even was worse. the bait, he was the shooter, isn't that what they called them? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. and then he, and then the the victims were the models. There you go. Right. Yeah. Um so th- th- so we know that we've lost both the preacher, the and the wife. I was really interested to see what happened to the Pokey Lafarge character because the I assume yeah, they were just, brothers because he, I think he they were cousins. Okay, cousins. He was wheelchair bound, right? And and uh, and so it's like and the 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 uh, the other guy just abandons him and then gets picked up hitchhiking and killed. And I'm just like, this guy's just sitting in a car on the side of the road and he can't <laughs> That's exactly move. right. Like, I was yeah. yeah, he just kind of disappears, right? I yeah. was. Yeah. They never circle back around okay. on him. Yeah. So he's right. just a rant, kind of just an accessory and doesn't. He's not part of these main characters. No, but okay, so so yeah, all that stuff's going on. So flash flashback to Arvin, and so his adoptive sister is getting picked on in school, and so he uses all the lessons that his father taught him. Well, if, initially he jumps in and he gets his ass kicked because he didn't pick his spot. He didn't wait for the right time, right? Uh, so the deal is, is that his adopted sister or his his sister basically. Uh, Lenora goes. Lenora goes to her mom's grave uh, every day after school, and he takes her. And and that's uh, Eliza Scanlon, the actor. Just yeah. to keep it straight. So there's one day after he gets beat up by these three bullies uh, that he says, "I'm I'm gonna go take care of. So I'll be back to pick you up." And so he goes, and there's a there's a lot there's a little bit of his dad uh, in Tom Holland where he finds one of them who's about ready to have sex on a bus and just beats the tar out of him he jay and uh, silent bobs him he does jay and strike silent back bob him. he goes yes, around that's to exactly all what he does <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't help but to think of that no, i mean clearly it's, you're, it's you're exactly right uh and then he beats up the other two without a pro- like that's the thing is like one guy's working on an engine and he takes the hood of the car the and slams yeah. it down in his head yeah. the other guy doesn't he like pull him out from under the engine no he's he's in the he's in the driver's seat and just beats the just piss beats out of the, yeah so i mean he arvin's in the driver's seat now yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's hard like and this is where the movie makes you question because you know that that's not right to do but these also were terrible people like joe said you don't feel sorry for these characters they're bad people but you have to like struggle with that well did he take it too far? Which I think we all yes. can clearly yes. say yes, he did. And this is also foreshadowing for things to come. Arvin doesn't have any control, and his circumstances. We've oh, seen. see, I disagree. I, I think when we get to when we get to Arvin and like the decisions that he's making at the end and towards the end, I I kind of disagree if he has self control. I mean. I see your point. I, st- I do see your point. He was raised in a, tr- he had a traumatic situation and he was raised by a father that taught him how to do this and he does what his father taught him and I don't know how you could argue he doesn't take it a step too far He takes with it what a happens step- to Lenora. I mean, you can- he, he definitely takes it a step too far. I don't know that I'd go as far as to say that he has no control because I feel like those, that's that's the, what I'm saying. I feel like those were conscious decisions to take it too he, far. No, when, but when he's a product he, of his yeah. environment. I just, I, agree. I, I don't mean, of course he has control and he's not a murderous psychopath. My point is, though, that we're seeing their childhoods and what happened to them to understand why they yeah, do when, some of these things. When you, when you say he takes it too far, I hear it as he flies into a blind rage. And I don't feel like he flew into a blind rage. I no, feel like he flew no. into a very calculated rage and made a conscious yes. choice to take it oh, too yeah. far. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I will also say, I, but I don't, but I think he only does that once. The no. other, the other, oh, so we, the, the other ones 
are kind of in self-defense. I mean, but he all, but there are uh, there are other ways he could have taken it. But that's where it goes back to they grow up in this world where the, like those other options really aren't laid out for them. You know what right. I mean? And 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 he can't go to the police. We'll get there. But like, there's mm-hmm. you know, but it's a lot of this movie. I a lot of this movie. I feel like is about what people do when they don't have any options. Yeah, and and I fair. and I. You know, I think we see that playing a lot out a lot in the world right now. And some people have sympathy for the people that don't have options that maybe don't make the best decisions. And some people want to pretend like everyone has the same choice, same options in front of them when they really don't. Well, that's mm-hmm. what's interesting about this movie. And the fact that we're all kind of sitting here arguing about it is because this is a thought provoking movie with yeah. complex characters and a, and a very interesting story. Yeah. So, yes, it may be bleak and it may be depressing and all this. But again, not all movies have to be happy and all tied up with a nice bow. And this is a <laughs> movie that makes you think about these things. I will so, say, given the current climate, I wouldn't mind a movie that made me feel. They're out there. We did. We, wa- we, <laughs> no, we, we watched we, it we watched last a bunch week. of them. Yeah. 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 The Broken Hearts Gallery, which hopefully will be on VOD soon, is just an absolute delightful. You know, I was fortunate enough to get a screener to review it. It's a theatrical release, but it is an absolute delight. One of the best romantic comedies I've seen in years. So not a Regal Cinema. It's not. Well, definitely. That's why I, these <laughs> movies can be moved to VOD. But like, there are absolute delight, joyous movies out there to watch. This isn't one of them, and that's okay. No. Right? Yeah. And that's totally yeah i totally agree i was just teasing that it's just like yeah so yeah, arvin you know. arvin beats up all the dudes that were picking on his adoptive sister meanwhile robert pattinson's the new preacher at this church and from the moment you see him you know and robert pattinson is an excellent actor he yeah, is and yeah. you know this dude is going to be up to i mean first of all it's bad news yeah i mean first of all we see how people around religion and these movies handle themselves and what they do but especially the way he plays this character i like how they establish him like so they the his first public appearance is is at is at like a church potluck potluck yeah yeah. and it's also it also kind of goes back to what we're talking about before about how like you know this was entertainment these were celebrities i think a lot of people especially back then got into preaching because it was the easiest way to be quote-unquote famous you'd be you know you didn't have for the most part, like, you know, like electronic media was still relatively new. So you, you you didn't have like, you know, movie and TV stars yet. And so this was the easiest way to do it. Like you would be a big deal in your community. And he's going up to the potluck to get fill his plate. And everyone's just standing there watching the new preacher yeah. because he's he, he's he's a rock star, you know, and, and then and how horrible is what he does to the that's grandma. what I'm saying. Is they're like, dirt. They're dirt poor. They're are they farmers? Are they? I, what I, are they? I don't. Uh, I mean, they said. I mean, the. I don't, I don't know, know what, what that they, family you know, does. He definitely like Tom Holland makes a comment about him like laying asphalt. So yeah. I think I just feel like they're just like blue collar workers. Yeah. they're really poor. And, and this the, potluck scene, I like. I it's my favorite. And I think honestly, I think it's my favorite scene in the movie. Be, how it wow. plays out because, like, so the these people went and they like they sacrificed so they could give the have this the better meats and stuff at this potluck. And then he goes and eats the chicken livers because he knows those cost less. Right. And, and like normally that would be a sweet thing, right? That he's just like, I'm going to leave the better food for everybody else, except he, he he goes out of his way to tell everyone that that's what he's doing. Oh, he does. Yeah. Such a whole, I mean, it's very manipulative, you know, in and, scene, and I, well, he's the, such the, a the scumbag. Be, <laughs> the best part is, is that there's Tom Holland, Kyle or not. The, the narrator lays the groundwork that, uh, 
Emma is like this the the best cook in the county. Like and everybody knows that she can turn chicken salad or chicken gizzards stuff into yeah. chicken salad. You know, like so when he goes out of his way to talk down about her chicken livers, like even Tom Holland's like, "Man, f that guy!" Like we all know, but like, he's just, but he's but he's straight up too, like not just the livers, but like some of us aren't fortunate as as fortunate as others, and right. he he really talks down about them, and then he says, "I will." He acts like he's so holy because right. I will I will sacrifice myself and eat these disgusting low class you know chicken gizzards. So there's more of the good stuff for you folks, and they all know that that Emma the grandma brought these, and so she's completely embarrassed, and on the drive home. She's She's like, I cannot believe that. I've never been so embarrassed in my life. And Tom Holland's like, hey, do you want me to go kick the crap out of him? <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 no. So it, it, but, but wow, Pattinson, though, I just have to say, if you still haven't given Pattinson a shot yet, I mean, it, the dude, I think people are coming around to the Batman thing in general, but he has played so many different characters in different movies. Right. And he's just good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, he, he did some not good movies, right? Like to get his career off the, off the ground and he did what he had to do right and it's i mean i don't know if i mean what do you consider not good i mean i'm not trying twilight. to hark it back yeah but i mean is that not good for what it is isn't twilight a super famous billion dollar franchise that young adults love i mean so the hunger games those shows the hunger right. games we know that those right. movies aren't good those last two aren't movies they, are terrible okay but uh, but he the, was first, in the first the one first too. one's great right first one is great yeah. I agree. what i'm, is what I'm saying one? is you say the second one my point is, it's like you say not good movies, but those movies are beloved. He was just typecast into a young adult romance movie. That's fair. I just think you got to be careful. that it's You don't like it, but it doesn't mean he was in B-level crap movies. He was just in different movies. Garbage movies. Right. right. <laughs> okay. Movies that weren't for you. Yes. <laughs> Garbage movies. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, while all of this is going on... We will flash back forward to the the scene when uh, Tom Holland leaves to go beat the beat the bejesus out of those bullies. Um, his sister. It starts to rain. His sister's at the at the at the gravesite, and Robert Pattinson starts his. He starts to kind of groom her into uh, having sex with him, and they have sex a lot. Into that terrible, oh, well, you know, God wants to see you as he made you. Take right. your clothes off. And then God wants you to do this. And, the, you know, he and he she just goes along with does it. Does that totally thinks... creepy, you know. So he's got a wife, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's a woman at his house uh, helping him out. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. The sister gets pregnant. And, uh, you know. And when she goes to confront him about it, he's like, that's not mine. Of course well, he not. Goes, he goes, we didn't you... do anything. I don't that's remember exa- yeah, any I don't, of it. He, I don't remember oh, any of it. That I don't remember was just God's stuff. That was, that was God's stuff. And I, I was not there. He's so gross in this movie. And I mean that as like, again, he's an amazing actor. He is so good at making you despise him. Someone was talking earlier online. Maybe it was on Twitter. But they said, who's the most punchable character in a medium? You know, like I'm thinking like he's one that you just. Despise. <laughs> There's a scene in Home Alone 2 that comes to mind. Yeah, I could think of one. <laughs> one the famous actor. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, he he totally just tells her to like get out, and it's not mine, and he sends her on her way with no no one to help, you know, support, be there for her, and it's terrible. Well, we should also say that like while she's having morning sickness, like Tom Holland is sitting in uh, church. And he starts giving a speech about her, about the sister, basically. Yeah. Uh, and that's thinly veiled Holland... slut shaming. Yeah. Right. And Tom Holland puts it together. 
pretty quick. Yeah. And he was like, this mother, mother. Uh, so. Wait, was so, he in Monster Magnet? <laughs> I know, well, I had to say, I was, you know. <laughs> I know. Doing the PG rating. Uh, so, so she he, decides, the sister decides she's going to take her own life. Right. She's like, I cannot let my mom live, you know, live with this. Uh, shame and, so she's like you know got one foot off the stool and, and this is heartbreaking yeah this, this is another is, one of those totally heartbreaking moments yeah. and depressing parts of this movie where she comes she snaps out of it but she but slips she slips but then she sli- yeah so it's and like, like she she, up, and especially back then committing suicide was just great shame like nobody saw it through a mental health prism they saw it as like your last act was taken alive which means you're condemned to hell like that's I, Right from yeah. a religious standpoint, it's right. totally like. Even the pre- remember, the preacher doesn't show up to the funeral, and it's like I can't be there when someone. Yeah, like he's clearly not there for other reasons, but also right. he hides behind the fact that well, I can't be there. She killed herself. Right. Uh, so Tom Holland starts to follow the preacher and trying to figure some stuff out, and we see that uh, Robert Pattinson is doing it again with a mm-hmm. different girl. Um, so Tom Holland takes it upon himself to to fix things. You know, he leaves a bunch of money for the for the parents, and he's got he takes the 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 luger that was the present, and uh, he goes into the church and he sits down and he's got his hat pulled down. This scene, talk about. I mean, this would be this, my. This is a great scene. This is my favorite scene in the movie. This is a great scene with him with his hat down, and then Robert Pattinson's the front pew, and this guy you know comes in to talk to him, like almost like doing a confession thing, and and he's just talking, and they're having this conversation, and then it starts to get a little too personal, right? And Robert Pattinson's like, take pick your hat up, boy, so he can see who he is, and oh, I just think the whole like. The shots in this movie, the performances, this is fantastic. Yeah. So, and he's, you know, they, Tom Holland calls out Robert Pattinson. He's like, I know what you did to my sister. Well, he starts off saying like, you know, I've had relations out of wedlock. He starts like. His, the confession he's giving is basically everything Pattinson's been doing. Correct. Yeah. And, and uh, in hyper specific detail. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. We should say that he's also, Tom Holland, er, a little bit earlier, is confronted by a police officer just says, look. I'm going to tell you this. I didn't want to tell your mom because or your grandma because it would be too much. Like, she's pregnant. She was pregnant. Mm, And so that really sends him over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. So he ends up like he pulls the Luger on him. And again, Robert Pattinson, victim blaming like a mother, uh, finally says Tom Holland. I don't think he meant to shoot right away, but like the gun goes off uh, and shoots like Robert Pattinson in the hand. And at that point, Tom Holland knows, well, in for a diamond for dollar. And yeah, we're now we're here. So he shoots him in the chest and he shoots him in the face. And I do I will say I was like, "Oh, he's going to pick up the the shell casings. Well done." Like that's, you know, that's more smarts than I think I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> and he takes off and he goes on the run. Uh now we flash to uh Sebastian Stan, who we know is getting kickbacks from the mob. I don't really know who this guy is. That that town's version of it. That yeah, yeah, right. The businessmen doing shady dealings, but he is now the sheriff, and his sister we find out is Riley Keough. So all these stories are weaving in and out. And when he goes to visit her, she has it, she has all the photographs that her husband has taken of her and the 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 future dead people uh, that she's had sex with, and so she's looking at him when he comes over. Well, technically. All pictures are of future dead people. Okay, her future <laughs> victims. 
<laughs> so so she's like trying to hide him real quick and one falls under the table and when he goes to visit her he picks it up puts it in his pocket and later he finds out that that's a missing person so he's, well, like, he's just like he's just like what are you getting into what are yeah what are you doing and he is trying to run for re-election well for... and she's basically a prostitute isn't she yes. i mean that's the yes the vi- the she's hmm? she's not the bartender at the at the at the bar with like the the comfy rooms right is she that's not her right or is it i don't remember so don't. you know you know bill skarsgård after his wife dies goes to that bar and the gal's like hey if you're feeling lonesome there's some comfy rooms in the back i don't think i don't think so but but it's not the same it's not the same gal right i don't remember so anyway but yes yeah, she's 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 a prostitute and sebastian stands like yeah you just can you just chill? Can you just get out of town, please? Because like, he's afraid she's going to hurt his reelection chances when people right. find out if people that it'll get used against him. So we see Jason Clark and Riley Keough kind of pick up another army guy and they kill him. Um, so in the process of all of this happening, they end up coming across Tom Holland. He's on the lamb after killing Pattinson. Right. And. And this is the point where I'm just like, oh, this is like a legit Suicide Squad movie. Like everybody that I, every character in this movie is going to die. <laughs> like that's what's going to happen in this movie. Uh, so they start, they being the married couple, start uh, working him, like and laying the groundwork of, you know, let's go, let's pull. He's like, I got to take a leak. Let's pull over. Yeah. And Tom Holland being the what's the right word i guess resourceful well his spidey sense he yeah. does it, uh, the the peter tingle <laughs> That's, uh don't call it the peter tingle yeah. <laughs> but he has he has the wherewithal to realize something is not right right so while he's jason isaac is getting out of the car not jason isaac jason clark i'm trying to does he come back to the car with the gun no he sees him as he gets up with the gun with the gun his back. In, his, in his back so he he's like something is up here because the way that he's like he's he wants to pull over and then he wants to have a picnic or like but then they like pull off a pull up, they pull off a road that's way too far off the beaten path yeah he senses stuff is up when he sees he has a gun clearly so he starts to grip his luger a little tighter and uh, Jason Clark comes back to the car and I don't think he even says anything and Tom Holland just blows him away. Shoots him in the gut, shoots him in the face. He, re- like he goes for his gun, doesn't he? He does go for it. I thought that he did. Yeah, but I. But there was no mention of like there was something gonna... alarming about it, though. It was like I, something triggered him. I, he didn't just shoot him. Like he was just like, oh, this is a beautiful day. Boom! It's like right. he went, reached in for something. Yeah, like yeah. he was. Go- I, I took it as he was going for his gun. I think Jason an- Clark was going to shoot him, right, at, or something, or at yeah. least pull it. I, well, yeah, I don't think he was going to shoot him at that point. Um, obviously. Tom Holland's character has no way of knowing that, but he was basically going to pull his gun and be like, now's the point where you F my wife. Right, right, right. And uh, And Tom Holland said, no, I'm not. Yeah. And he shoots him. Tom Holland, just to be clear, did not give enthusiastic consent. (laughs) No, No, he he did did not. not. No. And so now he's at a standoff with the wife. Right. And they both shoot. Yeah, and hers clicks. No, they both both shoot. Oh, that's right. Hers has blanks. That's right. That's right. Yeah. She gets shot in the throat, and then she dies. Uh, and then we flash. We do a little flashback, and we see that Jason Clark did not trust his wife, mm-hmm. so she he loaded her gun with blanks just so that in case she decided to pull on him, yeah. uh, Jason Clark would have been okay. So he ended up getting her killed. Yeah. Right. So now Tom Holland is double effed. 
Like he's ki- he's killed three people, and one and of he, them is the sheriff's sister. One, which yeah, which I don't think he finds out until he goes back to his hometown. When he gets to his hometown and he gets and he sees the like the store clerk mm-hmm. that the, the little gas kind station of rescued place. him as a, as a kid. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, I just you know where are you coming from?" And he's like, "Oh, I was down this way." He's like, "Oh man, the sheriff's sister just got murdered down there." Yeah, and Tom Holland's like, "What?" Rutro and who? And yeah, he, he picked up the uh, rolls of film off of Jason Clark, so he's got right. those now. So he goes back up to, he kind of asks about his old house, like his mom and dad's, his legit mom and dad's old house. He's like the, And the old guy's like, man, that place burned down like a couple years ago, but, you know, you can, well, welcome to head back up there if you want. So he goes up there. While he's on his way up, Sebastian Stan starts putting together who shot his sister. Um, and it finds out that it's Tom Holland. So he goes back to the family property and we've got, I think this is kind of my second favorite scene of the movie. It's just this, just the standoff in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sebastian um, stands there with a shotgun. He's doing that whole like, Hey, come on. I won't hurt you thing. Yeah. Boom. Oh, you think sorry. He, like he's got like, he definitely put, well, I don't think he put weight on because I have a feeling he was in the process Apparently of they filming. both were wearing fat suits, Sebastian Stan and Robert Pattinson. I believe that. I mean, both of them... Which were really good. I didn't know that until I read it. Both of them have to be Batman and the Winter Soldier. I know, so but like... <laughs> have you ever heard of Christian Bale? Well, that's a different level. <laughs> I know, but I, I was like... You do that for like, a Christopher Nolan movie. You don't do that for a Netflix movie. <laughs> I don't know. Some of these actors are really I think they're, in, in fairness, their schedules, I think, are so compressed right now. It. Like, they don't... Yeah. Have, they didn't have the time to Christian gain Bale goes weight. from... What did he go from, like, one... 115 to 250 too skinny to too big so so uh they're in the woods they do the standoff i'm not gonna shoot you kaboom you know oopsies and you know they're talking kid where are you yeah he lures him out and and arvin's just like i don't want to hurt anyone and he's luring him right to where he is i don't i don't care (laughs) and so he walks right up to him and and he shoots him in the gun tom holland shoots sebastian stan in the gut yeah. Like that's so now he's killed four now people. He, yeah, including, including the sheriff, a, a, a law enforcement official. But he stick and he takes the rolls of film and he plants them on the sheriff. So now they'll find what the sister right. was into and they can investigate that. So they're gonna think that they're, they're. I think that they're going to piece together eventually, like the off-screen stuff. That it's like, okay, he's been murdered, but now he has pictures of his sister and another guy with all these missing people. So I think the heat is going to kind of go off Tom Holland. It has to be because there's no connection to him. Right, and they're going to be investigating the sheriff and the sister. And, you know, so it's he kind of got lucky in the way that everything worked out. Even though he killed all these people, the heat is off of him. And, yeah, the connection, I think, is going to be lost. And you can still like that character because he didn't kill any good people. And, right. and, well, and that's the questionable thing. That's the whole mor- morality of the deal is that, yes, everyone he killed was bad, but also taking justice into your own hands. I right. mean, they weren't all okay, so oh, to, to that point, though, he only took justice into his hands once. Right. Like his his life was it was in danger with Jason Isaac, Jason Clark and the, and the wife. Right. The the only true act right? of like vigilante, he had guns pulled on. The him. only true act of vigilanteism was when he killed Pattinson everything yes. you know the the couple in the car w- that was self-defense okay and, but then, then you go and, then you turn yourself in you don't 
get into a standoff but, with the sheriff. I mean, but you, okay, you but, have okay, options. But, but he, but he doesn't have options because he because the person that he's he going to die. The person he killed in self defense is the person is the sister of the person <laughs> he would have to turn himself into. Right, like that's not an option. I get it, but what I'm saying is that that was not. There were other ways around killing the sheriff. I think. I don't. Th- I mean, I, you're right. The there other were actions around? he could have taken previously to not get into that situation. My point is, at the end of the day, you cannot condone him getting into that situation. He made. He chose his actions that got him there. Was the sheriff there to kill him? Yes, but he also put himself into that situation. I'm just saying he made. He, the- I don't feel like he put himself in the situation with Pattinson. The, the yes. situation with with the bait and shooter was, was <laughs> that that was happenstance. He didn't. He, but it was all because he killed Pattinson, right? So the Pat, so but but what we're saying is the Pattinson thing. If you were in a court of law. No, they those would be two. They would not link those two things like that. That is not. They're not like well because you killed Pattinson, you ended up hitchhiking and got picked up by these people. Like those are two totally different. They'd things. and they'd still give him four counts of murder. They would no, they say wouldn't. no. I they mean, wouldn't. if he could prove what happened in the car, I mean, I think he probably would get four counts because he couldn't prove what happened in the car. But we know. From, because we have the advantage of being of film viewers, what happened in that car was not murder. Sure. That was self defense. Like they pulled a gun on him, and he and he defend and he shot himself. And she and, and, and if her gun had been loaded, he would be dead. So yeah, like the, and and with Sebastian Stan, there's no mention of arrest. Like he's like, I just want to talk to you. Bang. Yeah. Where are you? Bang. Yeah. There's no like, put your hands up. You're under arrest. Like he's going to kill him. I get it from a from a movie standpoint. I like Tom Holland's character. I'm not trying. I'm just talking about in the real world. You cannot do the things that he did. And and like I get this is a movie, and I get yes, he was cornered. I'm with you guys. I I saw the same movie you did. We're on the same page. I'm just saying though that he made certain choices, and he has to live with the consequences, whether it be being pursued by the law, hitchhiking, and I get that it all was coincidence and happenstance. But at the end of the day, he chose to pull the trigger with Pattinson and took justice into his own hands. The the, the Pattinson murder is what leads him on this and path. Let, yes, I agree with that exactly. Yes, and. We would not. We, he would not have been in that car, and killed the sheriff's sister had he not killed Pattinson. But he did. It lead. It leads us on his, on that path from just a, you know, I don't know, a, a narrative standpoint, standpoint, but not from a moral culpability standpoint. No, I agree. From a moral culpability, the the big one is Pattinson. The other three, you know. Yeah. Right, but but that's all it takes. It doesn't the other 3 don't matter. You have to at the end of the day say, is it right for Tom Holland to murder someone that raped his sister essentially and caused her to commit suicide? Like you can't justify that. I can. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, okay, but <laughs> at the end of the day that's not that's the question. That's the moral question. That's my whole point is just The only, the only this is this is what I will say is uh my sister had a boyfriend one time who said I'm not I'm not if something were to ever go wrong between him and her, the boyfriend of my sister, he's like, I'm not really worried about your dad, but your brother, (laughs) your your brother is just crazy enough. And she's like, let me stop you there. You're right. (laughs) And I mean, granted, that's when I was like, you know, 17. Yeah. Different person. But do you you see what I'm saying, though? That's what this movie evokes, though, is that the hero of your story is also a murderer. Yeah. Can you justify it? Do you understand why he did it? Of course you can. We we that's what the whole movie's about. But sure. at the end of the day, you have to decide. Are you gonna side with someone that murdered in cold blood? 
for his very good reasons or are you going to say that you know so that's what I like is that the movie makes you question and think about these things that you know a lot of movies don't like don't make the hero of your story or the protagonist they don't make them have such complicated decisions uh batman <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just punching punching criminals and left and right but he's but, it's left open at the end he rides kind of rides he gets man, up. i gotta tell you i thought he was gonna die like i thought that hippie was gonna shoot him i don't know just the way that entire the trajectory of the entire movie i was like why i thought yep. the same thing i thought he was getting into the car with someone when he's that was falling gonna, asleep yeah. i was like yeah, he's gonna get shot in the face like that's the way this movie is going that's what i assume is gonna happen i think you're supposed to i think the way i interpret it is that he's the only character with a future like he, there yeah. actually is a chance of him getting away restarting also and, that hippie is like the only character not from this town yeah right <laughs> just driving through right you know? but then to your point kevin he he gives like five four different scenarios of what a what his future could be mm. yeah you know like he i could go to vietnam i could start a family like my dad i could do this i could do that and then he kind of falls asleep and then we get the credits yeah. but he has a future that's like there is the yeah. main takeaway is that he has the chance to make yeah. these choices and is he going to make better choices than he did in the past and that his family made or is he going to make the wrong choices and so that's left open to interpretation yeah but I I like the movie, but it's it's a tough watch. I did as well. Yeah. Was, my my wife was walking in and out, and she got to the scene where uh, the sister is walking out to the shed, and she was like, "I don't think I want to keep watching this." <laughs> and then she just keep poking your head. I was like, "What are you doing? Like, I'm going to tell you what's going to you know what's going to happen. I don't know why you keep coming walking back." <laughs> yeah, in my here. wife watched yeah. it with me, and she just had a visceral reaction to this movie. She did I don't not. Blame her. She did not like it, and I was like, "But huh. the movie's good. Like the fact that you feel this strongly about it means it's doing what it wants to do. Like right. it's it this wasn't trying to be singing in the rain. Like it was, you know, like, <laughs> singing in the acid rain. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that, yeah. That's the thing. Like with movies, there's so many different genres, so many types of film, and they're not all made to make you smile sure. and be happy. Some are made to make you think. Some are made to depress you and evoke certain emotions. But like singing, and but like singing in the rain, there are some people that just don't like musicals there are some people that yeah. just don't want this from a movie yeah. sing in in the rain you're gonna kill me with that g on the end of that i've never <laughs> heard anyone say singing in the rain sorry i have good enunciation <laughs> uh but but the thing is that you have to be in the mood for these movies like a um uh, requiem for a dream right and this movie is hard to watch and it's a i very saw good that movie. I've, I've never gone back to that never movie. i've never. seen it one time i'd watch I'd, schindler's I'd, list before i'd watch requiem for i would dream yep. again and, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Which I know is awful because I know in the grand scheme of things, Schindler's List is is the is the more depressing movie because it's true. <laughs> but it was that's yeah. true. Yeah. But right. but also Schindler's List ends on an element of hope in a way that Requiem for a Dream does, does not. not. Re- yeah. And Requiem is also very true, though. I mean, of, of people that ruin totally. their lives. Yeah, I mean, it's and... true-ish. I mean, there are certain you know, but it's not literally set against the backdrop of six million dead. You know, you know what, what the new the new requiem for a dream I think is her smell with Elizabeth Moss. Have any of you? I've not seen that. It. it is another one of those movies. It's so good, but you probably only watch it once. Yeah. And uh, she, it's just totally self destructive behavior. Is that and the she where just, she's a rock star one? She's a rock star okay. and yeah. get, just ruins her life. You know, just totally self destructs. Yeah. And it's so hard to watch, just like the requiem stuff, but so good. She's gonna win an Oscar this year, isn't she? I mean, there's no other movies coming out. So. That's what I'm saying. How yeah. can she not? Like, she's a best, shoe and Best for, picture. Uh, yeah, best Invisible Man. <laughs> it's like, I could have almost won a Best Actress Oscar Could you this imagine? Year. Could you imagine 
when Blumhouse wins Best Picture for The Invisible Man. No, I think I think they're uh, aren't they combining years or something? They're, they're I think, I, yeah, I, something yeah. like that. But so. Elizabeth Moss, like, damn it! I guess uh, that's it for this one. Let's go around the virtual table, and everyone can say where to find them. This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts B U T T S twenty one. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R Bracket. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Find the show online, facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group, wherever you're getting your podcast from. Be sure and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And check out our Patreon. So uh, that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, Harry's arm is amputated. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice because we already warned you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.